Hello and welcome everyone to the Southcliff Podcast. We're glad you've joined us. Now here's our surf master, Dr. Elliot Higgins. This morning we continue in a series that I had the privilege of kickstarting a couple of weeks ago called One Another. Now, when I preached the last time, week before last, I was sitting at a table because I did not feel well, and our camera crew, they're usually used to chasing me around the stage, so they say. And so they were doubtful that I would stay in my seat, but I did. Today, I told them, I feel great. By the way, I brought a ladder. So we'll see how they react later today, but um, it is a joy to be back with you. This series, One Another, we are working through um, this, the whole context of Scripture to look at God saying one another. There are these commands that he is directing our attention to of how we interact with each other. Now, the key with this and the reason why we bring this up is because God created you uniquely. And God's plan and purpose for you is much greater than you. It's much bigger. It reaches beyond time even. This is huge. But what God's intent for you is not only that relationship with you, but also your strengths coming together with others. God is working through the body of Christ, the church, for all time. And what we do with one another impacts eternity. This is a huge thing, and it's a bigger task than you and I can fulfill by ourselves. So it requires us to work together. Today, we come to a passage in the book of Romans chapter 15. In this particular passage in Romans chapter 15, Paul writes, and he is talking about a like-minded together, that one another, we are like-minded with one another for a specific role. Now, here's what we're going to see in the passage before us. Paul begins this section by laying a foundation. He's turning our attention to each other, and he's laying the principle of that like-minded, that singular focus of working together. He lays this foundation by telling us something about one another, but he couples that with the work of Christ. So he's saying, this is what we are to do, and by the way, this is what Christ did for you. So that's our foundation for one another. Then he begins to show us what God is doing through this. It's one thing for somebody to tell you, you need to do this. You go to work and your boss tells you, I want you doing this. Take this from point A to point B. We can do a job, but it's so much better when we know why. You say to do this, why? So that's what Paul is doing. He is showing us that God is giving us this foundation, one another, because God is building something. I've brought this ladder here to help illustrate what God is building, what his intention for your life is. Also, what his intention for your life in connection with others this one another. God's building something. When we get to the top of this, Paul says this one another again, reminds us this is what God's doing, the foundation of this, and this is how we're working one another. But then he shows us the end result. 
What is it that God wants from this whole process? God is building something and he shows us what God is up to in the life of you and I and everybody together. This is God's end goal. The only way that we reach the fullness that God has for you is by understanding this one another concept and how we can walk with one another and be like-minded in this instance, how we are like-minded with one another, that singular focus on what God is doing in that process that he's taking us to. So with that in mind, let's look at Romans chapter 15. And we're gonna see in the very beginning of this, in verse one, that foundation, one another. Then we're gonna see this building campaign that God has, followed by that end result that God is working toward with us. Verse one, let's read it together. We who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good to build him up. For Christ did not please himself, but as it was written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. May the God of endurance and the God of encouragement grant you to live in such harmony that like-minded with one another in accord with Christ Jesus, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's the passage. Look with me back to the very beginning verse one. Understand this first verse, this is that foundation that Paul is laying. He's directing our attention to this one another concept. And he begins by saying, we who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak, not to please ourselves. Let's let each of us please his neighbor for his good. Watch to build him up. God's building something. He's drawing our attention to each other and that God is working this out in people's lives. The very first part, those who are strong. This is a spiritual concept. You who are strong in the faith. Oftentimes we as believers, we may look at this and say that a strong believer is somebody who, who knows scripture. They study their person of intelligence. They know it. So is a Pharisee. Now, it's good to know scripture, but that's not a genuine singular focus of knowing that. Another example may be somebody who leaves everything behind and goes on mission and becomes a missionary. It's not of works. That's a strong believer who is following, but that's not the only thing. Paul is saying the strong believer, the mark of this is to bear with the failings of the weak. Their failings, to bear with that word bear, so a strong believer, the word bear with is not like, think of like a 30-year-old car with high miles. I am just bearing with this thing until I can afford to buy another one. I'm putting up with it until I have the resources to do something better. That's not what this word means. This word to bear with really means to carry, to pick up, to share the load. So because there is somebody that is weak and is, is failing, their strength is failing them, you who are strong are obligated, Scripture says, to shoulder this burden that you work 
with one another. If you're strong, you're going to pick this up and carry these failings of the weak. Not for your pleasure, not to pat yourself on the back, but rather for the good of this person to build them up. The whole concept that Paul is laying for us here, that foundation is, I want you to shift your attention to look at one another. It isn't just about you. It's about everybody else as well. We are in this together. God's plan for your life is not in isolation. God's plan is your connection with other people, your ability to do ministry and to bear others' burdens as well. Now, I want to make this statement. Every person in this room and online are weak at some point or another. It is not as though we live in infinite strength. We need each other. And that is why Paul is laying this foundation for us. But he doesn't stop with just this concept of us doing this together. In verse 3, he adds weight to this. And this is what makes it that foundation from which we build. Verse 3 For Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. So I want the strong to bear with, to carry the burden of our weak brothers. And this is the command, but understand it's not just because I'm asking you to do it. This is because Jesus did this for you. God has already orchestrated this. And if you go back into verse one, it says, you who are strong have an obligation. Because of what Jesus did for you, the fact that he carried you when you were weak, when you were living in absolute sin, separated from God with no hope, no way out, no future, he bared with your weakness and carried you. And thereby you as believers are obligated to do the same. That word obligated. When I pay my mortgage, I do not congratulate myself every month when I do that. I'm thankful when it happens, to be clear. But I don't congratulate myself because it is a debt that I incurred. It is a debt that I owe. And in the same way, this foundation that Paul is giving us is that we carry the, the, the weakness of our weaker brothers and sisters because Christ did that. We owe this. It is a debt. So that's our foundation. Now what he begins to do is he shows us what God is building. God laid this foundation, our our foundation here is the work of Christ, and thereby we're looking one at another to understand how what Christ did translates to what he wants us to do now. This is the foundation, the work of God in our life. He's laid that, but now he shows us how God is building. God has an intention, an end result that through this process he is working to accomplish. And what this accomplishment is, it requires every one of us as people of God to work with one another to accomplish this. This task is bigger than you and I. This task goes beyond time, yes, into eternity, but understand that the work of those even before us in generations past still impact us today. We are linked shoulder and shoulder to every believer alive today. 
We are linked to those who have gone before us. We are linked all the way back to Moses and Joshua and David. We're linked all the way back to the beginning of time. Every one of these people and every generation God is working through and he is accomplishing this. This is his goal. We'll see that, but he's showing us how he is getting there. Let's look at this together. We've got that foundation. Carry the burden of the week. Verse four, for whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction. I'm gonna stop here for a second. Paul just finished telling us the foundation for what God is doing, everything he's building is this one another concept and it's linked to the, what, the gospel of what Jesus has already done for us. The first step of what God is doing here is giving us scripture. Did you see that? For what was written in ancient day was written for our instruction. The first step of what God is doing and how he is building this is scripture. To get to where we are going and to see the fullness of God's plan for our life, the first thing God is doing with us is giving us scripture. The Bible says that scripture was there, watch this, was written in former days, was written for our instruction. For our instruction. So this is the first and foremost, after that base layer of what God has done, God's work, he's turning our attention to one another. The next step is scripture. This is where God's going with us. This is God's intention. And this is the first step of that process. Keep watching with me. This scripture gives us instruction where we know where God stands on every issue of our life. When we're confronted with challenges, I go to scripture and I'm able to navigate, am I living in obedience with God or am I not? And scripture gives us instruction so that we can live in obedience with God perfectly. But he continues, this scripture is written for our instruction. We know where God stands on this. That through endurance, this is coming out of scripture, scripture is giving us endurance and through encouragement, the scriptures might have hope. So the next word here after scripture is endurance. When I know where I stand with Christ because of scripture, I know that I'm standing in obedience exactly where I need to be. I know what God's word says on this issue. It allows me to stand with endurance. Scripture leads to a, an ability to endure the challenges of our world. It gives me the ability to endure because I know that I am exactly where God wants me to be. If I am following him in obedience, it does not matter the challenges that are presented in my life. I am where God wants me to be. Therefore, since I am directly in his will, I am directly connected to the power of God. I am able to stand and endure this challenge because I am standing in obedience, that instruction from scripture. It gives me endurance. And endurance brings that next word, encouragement. All of this is stemming from scripture. Encouragement comes out of endurance. Here's why. When I am able to endure, because I know that I am following God faithfully, this endurance brings about encouragement in my life. 
I am going to stand here in this challenge because I know that I am where Scripture says that I should be. I'm following God in obedience, and I'm going to endure. But the reason why I am enduring here and what endurance brings is it brings encouragement. I know that I am where God wants me to be. I know that I am obedient to him. And so I have encouragement to know that because I'm where I need to be, God is going to redeem this problem. God is going to work through it. That is a promise. Everything God is doing, all of his goodness, his mercy, his grace, and his glory are on the line. He is working this out. doesn't matter where I am, but I am encouraged to understand that God is working through this challenge. When I know that God is working through this challenge and that God is, is, has a plan for this, he knew this problem was on its way to me before I knew. God knew he knows the solution. God intends to redeem this. And it leads to what Scripture says before us, hope. All of this is stemming from Scripture. When I am encouraged to know that God knows my problems, this didn't come as a surprise to God. He's working through it. It gives me a hope, a forward Look, I know that God is going to redeem everything that he allows. I know that at one point he is going to step through the eastern sky and, and establish his throne and dominion forever. I know that through all of the challenges of my life, scripture teaches that all of the problems of my life, according to God's word, are light and momentary compared to the weight of God's riches and glory. This is what ultimately gives me hope. I know that God is good, and I know that he is working this out for his glory and ultimately mine. So we see this building process. It starts off with this one another. I want you to look with one another. If, you're, if you are strong, you pick up the burden of the weak and you move in this direction because Christ did this for you. And Christ's ultimate goal is working toward this goal. Keep watching with me. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in harmony with one another in accordance with Christ, that you with one voice glorify God. The whole purpose of this process is to bring glory to God. That's his design. And he is working with every one of us together to accomplish this, to build us in this direction for his glory. I want you to understand, sometimes we look at glory and wonder what it is. Glory is that thing that is, if you are looking at a person or a place, this glory to extol, to lift up, you are a measure above everything else. It is to bring about honor and praise. That's what glory is. And everything God is doing in this world and throughout eternity is about his glory. It isn't about your glory or my glory. It's about him. Now, what we're doing on this journey is bringing God glory, but I want to encourage you with this. God is such a good God that, yes, it is about his glory, and yes, he does not need you or I to change him or to bring him anything. He is doing this for you for 
your sake, because of his grace. But God shares his glory with us. Scripture shows us that, that when we set foot into eternity, we are co-heirs with Jesus. We are sharing with his riches, the riches of God, that hope. This is what God shares with us because he is glorified. We are too. Because God is accomplishing these things, he includes us in this as well. The Bible says in Ephesians that even the angels long to look in on these things, this stuff called God's grace. God is doing something with you, people of God, that he's not doing with the angels. He is not doing with anyone else. He is doing it with you. And he's not doing it with you in isolation. He is doing it with us together. And he's directing our attention back to that foundation, the full work of God that laying out of the framework that he set foot out of eternity to, to carry us when we were weak, we were dead in our sins with no hope, no way out, all of that weight on us. And he says, I want you to look to one another now. I have done this. And this scripture that I have given you is for your instruction. Everything God wants you to know about him was recorded in that word of God, the Bible. And from that, we have the ability to stand strong in the most challenging of moments, that endurance. I can stand there because this is where God says that I should stand. And because I'm standing there and I know that God told me to stand here, I am encouraged to know that God knew this from before I was ever born. And because God knows this, he knows my problem. I have hope that he will vindicate me. He will make whatever resources needed to either get me through this or to vindicate me later. He is working this out. I know it to be true with the fullness and the power of God, period. It gives me hope. That's what God is doing. Verse five, this endurance, encouragement, hope says that you live in harmony with one another. In scripture, that word harmony, also like-minded, you are harmoniously connected, this synergy with believers, that you are working this out together. You are like-minded with the singular focus of bringing God's glory. So in the midst of our challenge, God is building through this challenge to bring about his glory. Ultimately, he's sharing with us. <clears throat> and here's what that glory looks like. Verse six, that together you may with one voice from the moment that humans hit planet earth to the moment Jesus sets back on this earth with his feet, that all of those that profess the name of Jesus with one voice glorify God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. We are praising him and giving him glory for everything he has done. That is the power of what God has recorded for us in this passage. Now let me break this down a little bit more. Let's just say Elliot Higgins terminology. Hopefully this will help. But one of the things that we see in this and why this matters for you and I and why God brought us together is this. First of all, when we are looking at God's word today, this, this process God is doing, this helps us understand where we are. It allows us to look at the challenge that, that's before us today, whatever that may be across the room and online. 
And we're able to see where we are. This is where God is taking us on this challenge. This is the hardship I'm trying to navigate. So I know where I am and I know maybe I don't have hope. Maybe I'm struggling with that. Maybe I need to go back down a level. Maybe I need to go all the way down. Maybe I need to look back at scripture. I don't know, but it allows us to measure where we are. That's first. But second, because we're able to measure where we are, we're able to measure and observe where others are. This one another, we're able to see where they are. Somebody else is weak where I'm strong. Where I have hope and strength, somebody else is just searching the scriptures, trying to figure out how to make it. And because I am here, I can carry them. I can help build what God's design was so that they too, with one voice, glorify God and all the work that he has done in their life. Let me give you this in a practical sense. I've shared this with you before, but earlier this year, and I feel like it's fitting for Father's Day. Last year, actually, my wife and I, we found out that we were expecting and we ended up losing our little girl. We didn't know that it was a little girl until after the procedure, and then we found out we lost our little daughter. Now, one of the things that I recognize when I'm journeying through this challenge, I'm starting off, I know I am a believer. I know that Christ carried me when I was weak. He saved me. I've got that foundation. But this scripture, I know that God loved this little girl. I know that this wasn't a happenstance. All those questions come flooding in. Why me? Why now? Why this little person? Why does this happen? Well, all of those, I go back to scripture and I say, well, what I see in scripture, my foundation here, is that God loves this little girl. This was part of his plan. I know this, I see in scripture, well, I see John the Baptist leaping in his mother's womb. When Jesus' mother walked in the room, his savior came in, he leaped. There was a joy that God's working even in the womb. I see in Jeremiah, the prophet, that God tells him, even before you were born, I knew you. God knows this person. I look at the writings of King David and he says, while I was in my mother's womb, you were knitting me together and you loved me. I see through the pages of scripture that this is no clump of cells. This is a person that God loves and I am doing what I am supposed to do. But I know because God loves this little person, my daughter, I can stand and endure this because I know that God is at work here. God does not make mistakes and God loves the little one even before they were born and he loves my little girl more than I ever could as a human being. I can endure that moment. What's interesting is as I began, I shared that story. There are others in the life of the church that came to encourage. First of all, I know that I'm enduring. I know God has a plan, but there are others who've already gone through this process. People in their 80s and even 90s saying, well, you know, in my day, this is what happened. They've already moved past this and they are helping. They are the strong carrying the weak. They've already gone through the process. But they see where I am and I'm looking for that encouragement. And they step in and they say, well, listen, here's what's happened to me. And because I was faithful to God, here's where God has taken me. I get to see a picture and it encourages me because I know God is at work. It gives me hope 
because of all of the stuff that I've seen, the encouragement where I know God lands on scripture, I have hope that one day, and I have this hope will be made sight. I will see my little girl as you will see the loved ones that you have lost because God loves them and died for them, provided they have put their faith in Jesus, that there is that grace covering them, that foundation. God is working through every challenge in our life. And at some point or another, you are the weak one. God is building here. I happen to believe that my little girl will probably have more eternal impact than anything that I will have in my life. I can't prove that. I will see it one day. But I know that her impact on my ministry has dramatically changed. And God is working through this and I will sing his glory because of what he has done. Now, I share that story with you on Father's Day because I believe we have a heavenly father that's looking at you today. And he is simply saying, I am working this out in your life. That I will bring glory through everything. I redeem everything that I allow on this earth. And I am taking you on a massive journey. And I am bringing about my glory. And I will share that with you. But here's the point for you and I as believers. That we with that singular focus, that singular goal of glorifying God, that we are like-minded. That we who are strong, look at this, I see you. Let's move down here. Let's work this out together. I will carry this burden with you. I've been there. But understand, I'm going to need some help over here. God is calling us to work with one another. To be like-minded. This singular focus. God's glory. I'm not sure why God brought you here this morning, but I am confident that God knows why he brought you here this morning. It may be that God is revealing something in your life that you are weak and you may be a Texan and you determine that you're going to pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. That is baloney. Our role is to work together. He may be calling you today to connect, not with a church building, Southcliff, but with a relationship of people here at Southcliff. Somebody who has walked through the struggle that I have, somebody who's walked through addiction, somebody who has walked through hopelessness and despair. God has called you to be that person, but God may have been calling you to seek out somebody else to help. We are only able to glorify God with one voice when we one another well. That may be why God brought you here. But understand this next part. God may be calling you to a ministry that you have been consuming, but today he's saying, I, you are the strong one. And you are under obligation because of what I have done to step out and give to someone else to carry that burden. It may be that the challenge that you have gone through in your life that you think is the most hurtful thing in your life, it may be your greatest ministry asset, the one that God has been preparing and walking and building you that you can now speak in somebody else's life. Perfect example of this, because of health reasons, our 
Grief Share Ministry is not going. It may be that you've lost a loved one and you want to give back. That may be a great ministry to plug into. Same thing with our divorce care ministry. It may be you're saying, look, I live in isolation in the word that, that comes through computer and what I'm watching on TV, this gospel, as I log in, it has impacted me greatly. Maybe you become one of our camera operators and you allow this message to go. I don't know what God's calling you to do, but God is calling you to help the weak, to carry. Now, whatever that may be, no doubt God is putting his finger on that in your life today. But there's still one more category here and maybe even online. There are those who are looking at this in a hopeless world and they say, I want hope. I want the strength of God. I too want to glorify God. Look at that foundation, however. You have never surrendered to Jesus. Though Jesus has done the work for you, he's carried you while you were weak, you have never surrendered to him. And by all definition of scripture, you stand as an enemy of God because you have chosen that. Do not do that. The way that we surrender is we acknowledge our sin to the Lord and we say, here's, here's my sin. I am an evil person. I am wicked. I have gone my own way and today I am begging you to forgive me. And I am putting my faith entirely on you, that you can now be the king of my life, that foundation that all of my hope comes from. And if that's you today, don't leave these doors without surrendering to our Lord. Here's what I'm going to ask us to do. We're going to sing a song with one voice, glorifying God. No doubt God has been bringing hope in the lives of those all over this room and online. God has a design for that, however, that we with one voice glorify him. And as we stand and we sing this with one voice, I want you to think through and do business with God as he is putting his finger on that element of your life. What is it that you're calling me to do, God? How is it that I can carry the weight of my weaker brothers and sisters? Maybe there's something in my life where I recognize I am weak. I need to work on this. I need to work on this personally, but I need to find some other help too. Whatever that is, you do business with God. I'm going to be available for you too if there's something I can do to help or if you're ready to surrender to the Lord for the first time, I'll be here. If I'm busy, there'll be another pastor that comes up here too. But understand that we live in a hopeless world and God's design is to bring that hope and for us to sing his praises and glorify him. And that is what we're going to do in the next few moments. Everyone at Southcliff Church, thank you for joining us today. If you would like more information about Southcliff Church, please go to southcliff.com to share a testimony of how God has encouraged you through this ministry. Send an email to scpodcast at southcliff.com. That's scpodcast at southcliff.com. Click the Give button on our webpage to discover how this ministry is supported. Your financial gifts help accomplish the mission God has given us.